Please lower your head and watch your step while boarding. Welcome to the Attractions Podcast. You are all clear for dispatch. Have fun. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 156 of the Attractions Podcast, sponsored by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. I am Seth. And I'm Carly. And we are here to talk to you about the latest and greatest in theme park news and more, as well as what's going on in our own lives. And Carly has had a busy life. She has been at D23. Had you survived this weekend? Uh, I had a great time. I was at D23, went to some panels every day. I did the uh, Oogie Boogie Bash, which was for D23 members too. So found to sneak that in there. I started with Halloween Horror Nights Hollywood. So I'm realizing that I actually did do a lot. Oh more my than gosh, <laughs> you you must uh, you must be hurting even worse than I am. I did uh, Halloween oh. at Universal. Uh, and did SeaWorld's Halloween the very next night. Uh, so we can definitely chat a little about that. Yes. Um, I know I walked uh, over two days just short of a ma full marathon. Uh, and I'm sure you probably did even more between uh, Hollywood and uh, D23. Um, yes. I can't recommend doing haunts two nights in a row. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, you need you need time to rest yeah. up uh, for sure. Um, we will talk all about your D23 experience uh, as we get to later in the show, because obviously that's the highlight of the past week. But Brian has one question for you. Did you get to see Zombie Captain America? Sort of. So Oogie Boogie is kind of monitoring their character meet and greets a little differently this year. Oh, interesting. Where they, it was a little disappointing. So like the Sanderson sisters, for example, had a three hour wait and they had them strategically <sighs> placed in a section where you couldn't even walk past and see them. And they had a line of cast members barricading you and zombie captain america unfortunately they sort of did the same thing with him so i saw him briefly walking by but they have literally a line of cast members saying go 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 and you don't you want to be respectful to them so it was it was a little disappointing i could share more but it, it the character stuff is disappointing that that is a bit of a letdown i uh i've been to oogie boogie in the past before covid and seen those crazy crazy lines for the characters um and i've also i did the villains after hours event and that was during covid and a lot of that was setups where you could just walk past and take a picture without having to wait in a whole right. long line and i i think that is so much yes you know the person who waits three hours gets a wonderful moment of interaction with that but you know how many thousands of people then are are, are left out so right uh, and that was the same for ernesto de la cruz he was kind of strategically mm. hidden too and his line oh, yes. was like three hours and you know i'm not the person to wait three hours for a picture i just want to see them and walk by so it was yeah. a little disappointing compared to oogie boogie last year which was one of the my favorite nights ever at disney yeah i mean we we could have a whole conversation about how they use social media twitter and and uh instagram and TikTok to sell these exclusive characters these very limited very high priced events and then uh if you want to experience that you've got to basically invest half your half your night in that uh it's a lot of right. money for for just a couple selfies um yeah, so uh, we will talk way more about D23 and uh, a little bit of my Halloween adventures uh, in a moment. Um, but first, it is time for us to get into the news in the queue. 
We are going to start out this week at the Shanghai Resort, where SoReal VR Superspace virtual reality experiences are coming to Shanghai's Disney uh, Town Shopping District. This is really cool. I feel like every week we are talking about a new VR entertainment experience. So this is exciting for those visiting over there. Yeah, this one actually uh, opened uh, two days ago, uh, September 10th. And uh, this is the flagship location for So Real VR, uh, and it's two floors. On the bottom floor, you've got a lot of different standalone uh, virtual reality games. Uh, looks like a, a motorbike simulator, a uh, skydiving simulator, a lot of kind of stuff that uh, we see at IAPA uh, on the floor. Um, but the upstairs is a whole immersive walkthrough. Uh, looks like a combination of virtual reality and also physical spaces uh and it's all themed around the legend of the monkey king um the tales of the west which is a uh, very formative uh mythology in uh, chinese culture yeah this is really cool i feel like i would like this because it has those physical set pieces to make it a little mm -hmm. bit different than what we're used to but i think this looks really cool yeah um if uh you are visiting uh, the Disney Town uh, Lakeshore side uh, area in uh, the Shanghai area. Um, you can purchase ticket bundles for this now that includes admission to Shanghai Disneyland. Uh, so you can buy a one or two day ticket to the park and include a choice of your experiences here. Um, and I, I believe it's also uh, available separately. So, uh, yeah, if you are headed to Shanghai anytime soon, please uh, check that out and report back to us. Uh, next up, Halloween time has returned to the Disneyland Resort. Uh, it kicked off uh, just a weekend ago. And we've got ha Haunted Mansion Holiday, resort-wide Halloween decor, Lots of character photo ops and of my favorite, uh, Dio de los Muertos being celebrated over at California Adventure. Yes, I had the opportunity to spend the last couple of days popping into the parks in when I had breaks. So I was able to pretty much do everything. Of course, Haunted Mansion Holiday. So good. I, it's like every single mm -hmm. year. I'm still enchanted by it. It's amazing. The, um, Gingerbread House is a really cool mm -hmm. gauntlet, and it was really cool to see in real life. Yeah, I saw a picture, and it looks like a guillotine, like from yes. the French Revolution, mm -hmm. uh, chopping chopping up the toys. That's great. Yeah, uh, so. They've also, of course, got plenty of Halloween treats. Uh, Mickey Pumpkin Apples, Mickey Sorcerer Apples, Mickey Mummy Marshmallow Pops. Uh, you, you name it, uh, they've got, uh, something to rot your teeth in the shape of it. Oh, and, yes. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh, I really love what they do over at DCA with the musical celebration mm -hmm. of Coco at the Plaza de Familia. Um, lots of great, authentic, uh, Latin American food. Um, and all that stuff, uh, is available during the regular park hours. Uh, the Oogie right. Boogie Bash, that's all sold out. Uh, but you can still enjoy things like the Cars Land overlay 
and uh, especially Gardens of the Galaxy, um, you can do all that without having to attend an Oogie Boogie Bash. Oh, yes. And so I did I, Monsters After Dark, which is the overlay of Guardians. Yes, isn't is, it great? Is one of my favorite things. I love it every single time. So I would suggest, I personally like to rope drop it. So regular Guardians closes mm -hmm. at 2, Monsters opens at 3. I like to get into the area. They don't let you line up. But I would definitely suggest getting to the area around 2.30. There's benches just across. Mm. Bring some water, sit, and then you'll be one of the first ones on there because that shoots up to like 80, 90 minutes. Wow. So That's a hot worth, tip. worth rope dropping because it is so fun and it just makes me want to sing. You know, when you've I, done it. <laughs> what I'm curious about this year uh, is um, how exactly Genie Plus uh, Lightning Lane distribution works with that. Um I imagine that if uh, distribution time goes past 3 p.m., then if you get a return time, you're getting it for uh, Monsters After Dark. Yeah, I, I think it must. Uh, yep. I was very lucky this whole weekend. The wait times have been very moderate. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, I barely waited. Even Haunted Mansion Holiday, I waited like 20 minutes. So, wow. Very, wow, very that's wonderful. Yeah. Well, um, there, of course, there's also tons of Halloween uh, inspired Disney merchandise uh, over in uh, Main Street, USA, Plaza Point Holiday Shop. That is the place to go. They've really decked that out with uh, a lot of fun, vintage looking uh, Halloween decorations. Um, and of course, they've got stuff going on at Downtown Disney and the hotels. So this all continues through October 31st. Uh, and the Plaza de Familia for Dia de los Muertos goes through November 2nd. So Go check all of that out. All right. Next up, SeaWorld Orlando is featuring some new Halloween surprises for its spooktacular celebration, uh, which is starting on September 17th. And I got a chance to visit SeaWorld's Hollow Scream. Um, and I'd like to talk just a little bit about that. But uh, the thing to know about the spooktacular is that it's totally family friendly and they separate it completely from the hollow scream stuff so uh, if your kids want to dress up and trick-or-treat and meet fun brightly colored characters with no blood or gore you can totally do that included with your regular day ticket and not worry about uh, running into the hollow scream stuff Right. It's so important to have this because I know so many kids will see some of the more gory nighttime haunt events and like, I want to go, I want to go. But, you know, the parents know better and it's you have to tell them no because you don't want to scar them for life. You also don't want to spend $600. They get there mm -hmm. and then they want to bail after one. So I love that <laughs> parks are doing this. Yes. Um, so some new things that they're doing this year for the spooktacular at SeaWorld Orlando are a scavenger hunt. Uh, you buy a scavenger hunt map and you can follow a clue and get prizes. Uh, there's also a cookie decorating and a craft area. Uh, and that is all over sort of near the Sesame Street land. Uh, and as we talked about in the past, they do great uh, weekly events with the Sesame Street characters uh, themed to different, uh, different Halloween characters. Very cool. And I, of course, love Hollow Scream. But if you have kids... This is great. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, and if uh, if you're hungry for more, uh, they've also got a breakfast with Count Von Count in the Seafire Grill. Uh, so there's a character meet and greet. And uh, 
And Big Bird is also going to be out throughout the event in his nest over in uh, Sesame Street land. So uh, like I mentioned, all of that is included in the regular uh, SeaWorld ticket. And they've also got fun cards available. You can buy a 2023 fun card now and get the rest of 2022, which is a great deal. Right. Um, now let's chat a little bit about Hallow Screen. Uh, yes. I'm not going to give a full-blown review. But uh, so you have not got a chance to do Hollow Scream at SeaWorld this year. Did you get a chance to do it I, last year? Yes, I did. I just haven't oh, gotten you, to it this year. <laughs> yeah. Okay, great. And uh, obviously, you've already done Halloween Horror Nights here in Orlando. So it was really interesting for me doing them back to back, especially since in Orlando, I did not have express passes. I was just going in using my day ticket as a regular person. SeaWorld, I, I was with a media event. Uh, I was hosted, mm -hmm. and I did have an express pass. Um, but at Universal, I got to the park like by 3 o'clock, at which point I got totally soaked by a huge rainstorm and mm -hmm. never dried off until I left the park at like 11 p.m. And I did, using Stan Scream and hustling my butt off, get to see all 10 houses without using express passes. So the crowds wow. were not as bad as I've seen in the past, but the whole experience was just exhausting and a little depressing to me. Um, right. I think the stay and scream is a great <clears throat> strategy, mm -hmm. but it's really hard. You have to really, really it was, hustle, like you it, said, and it's exhausting. It was a lot of work. Uh, mm -hmm. It was a lot of, um, and not, uh, you know, I never felt like I had much time to get immersed in anything. I was just hustling to get from one thing to the next and the houses themselves you know i applaud as always their scenic design work incredible movie quality sets especially the dead man's wharf some of the best things they've ever done i love the bugs house you're absolutely right the the comedy of that house i thought was great but i feel like they've forgotten that this is an entertainment event entertainment needs people and i felt like in every house i went in there were obvious gaps where there should have been more performers i saw more operations people waving flashlights than i did actual actors and where there were actors they've basically been turned into animatronics they do the exact same motion every 10 seconds to the exact same sound that that's not performance to me uh, I, I love that you're saying this because that is exactly how i felt and then just days later i went to hollywood mm -hmm. and it was like mind-blowing there were scenes where three scare actors would jump out at the same time and my husband who doesn't get scared got multiple jump scares and we were like living our best life it was I, a stark difference i i want after experiencing uh orlando i went and watched all the videos of uh hollywood and obviously videos never yeah. show you a, but uh, i hollywood stepped up their game you know, yes. there are no more long, empty black corridors. We yeah. got a couple of those in Orlando this year, uh, but none in Hollywood. Um, you know, e even seeing like uh, makeup and mask and mannequin designs that are kind of duplicated between the two places. Uh, Orlando's just looked cheap and lazy in a lot of places. And I hate to say it because I, I love, you know, I loved Ghoulish. I think that was the best fountain show. I love mm -hmm. that better than the World of Color uh, Oogie Boogie fountain show when they did that. There's right. lots of great things, but I also feel like they've they're a victim of their own success. They've 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 been told for so long that they're the best. And then the next night I go to SeaWorld Orlando and it's 
you know, it's it's not as polished. They it doesn't have the budget. You know, the sets are not as realistic. But darn it, every one of those performers was giving their all, and they're not locked into one little box and and given one button to push over and over again. They talked to me, and they created characters, and they had right. moments of interaction, and they're pulsing the crowd through. So yeah, the the lines move slower, but the lines are a lot shorter, and it means that you get to go through in a small group and you actually have an intimate, immersive experience. I got more scares out of the five haunted houses at um, Hollow Scream than I did out of all 10 in uh, Halloween Horror Nights. Yes, uh, that is such a major issue at Orlando Har Halloween Horror Nights is they it's a full constant stream of people. You're so pushed together that 10 people in front of you is mm -hmm. more like six people in front of you and you see mm -hmm. every single scare yep. before you get to it and the first night i did horror nights orlando i didn't get one single scare after doing every house mm -hmm. uh at hollywood they pace it so that maybe six people go in they pause six more and it's still the mm -hmm. lines are moving but mm -hmm. i don't i feel like orlando needs to I don't know, I hate to say it, make it more expensive and cap the amount of people because it's not as enjoyable as it used to be. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, I mean, as, as someone who's got staff shirts going back to 1996, um, I, you know, I'm turning into a cranky old man <laughs> when it comes yeah. to Halloween Horror Nights. But it's something, you know, I what I always say is I used to be, you know, from the first year they put out frequent fear passes, I was one of those people going, you know, every single weekend. And uh, this year, again, I used my one ticket for my premiere pass and I'm done. So uh, I'll get off my soapbox now <laughs> and no, we will move on. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we will move on next to Bush Gardens Williamsburg, uh, which has announced finally something very exciting that uh, we've heard rumors for a while. Dark Coaster, uh, the world's first all indoor straddle coaster is coming. Uh, inside the former home of the Dark Castle Dark Ride. Uh, if you don't remember, uh, Bush Williamsburg was like the first non-universal theme park to have a Spider-Man clone, uh, and it was pretty darn good. Um, it was an indoor 3D dark ride, and uh, it went defunct because it was very expensive to maintain. Uh, and the big castle that it was in has been sitting, you know, mostly just used for occasional events. Now they are putting, uh, basically, it looks like a baby Hagrid's inside the box. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's a good way to think of it. I mean, that's probably yeah. one of the most familiar straddle coasters to many. Yes. Uh <laughs> uh, the difference is instead of riding a motorcycle, you are going to be riding on a snowmobile. Um, and uh, there's going to be a storyline involving a new tale of King Ludwig, who was the villain in the old ride. So hopefully there'll be some Easter eggs uh, along the, uh, the ride. Um, but I think the most interesting thing that uh, we've heard rumored, uh, and this is coming from, uh, I think it's BGW fans. Uh, they did a uh, POV a while ago based on... Uh, construction permits and it looks like you're going to go around the track twice uh, it's going to be a uh, system with a switch track so they can have one train which is loading and, or unloading with people and then another train that goes through the ride 
and goes through the entire course twice and maybe with different lighting and special effects they can make it feel like you're uh going different places uh that that's really how they cool yeah that's how they're going to fit a total of uh 2454 feet of track inside what's a really small building so you're going to experience these four launches and go that distance but the actual track is only about half of that well, I, that sounds like something they would do at a European park. Like I yeah. can see this in Germany, you know, like. Yeah, wow, yeah. What... So this is uh, an Intamin coaster, uh, just like Hagrid's. Um, and it's only going to have a 48 inch height requirement. So uh, they're kind of pitching this as a family thrill ride, something good for, you know, kids who are ready to step up uh, from, from the kiddie coasters, but maybe not right ready for Pantheon yet. Right. So it's kind of like a Guardians of the Galaxy Cosmic Rewind-ish yeah. level. Yeah. Um, so uh, we don't have an exact opening date, but they do say it is going to open in 2023. And uh, at the media event, uh, I saw footage. They invited people for a walkthrough of the track, and the track basically looks uh, complete. Um, so I'm sure there's still lots of special effects and stuff to work on. Um, I, you know, I don't expect it to have animatronics and theming on the level of a Disney or Universal ride, but Busch Gardens does do a, a really nice job, especially in Williamsburg. Uh, they've got a, a history of, right. of doing nice theming on their coasters. So uh, I, this is yet another reason why I need to finally get back to Williamsburg uh, yes. <laughs> next year. Next year. I miss it. All right. Uh, next up, we've got some sad news for Cedar Point fans. Top Thrill Dragster, quote unquote, as we know it, has permanently closed. Uh, they made the yes. announcement on <laughs> September 6th. You know, it's not the biggest surprise because the coaster had not run all season. Uh, it had a big accident uh, the last operating season uh, with a, a serious injury. And uh, its days as its original version are done. Right. And this caused a big stir across socials because mm -hmm. it's such an ominous, mysterious phrase, as you know it. What does that mean? We don't know. <laughs> uh, you know, they they did in the uh, the announcement, I believe, use the word reimagining. Um, mm -hmm. So, uh, I, you know, so the deal is, if you haven't experienced this coaster for yourself, it was uh, one. Of, I think the first coaster in the world to go over 420 feet. Uh, uh, over over 400 feet. It's mm -hmm. it's 420 feet high. Um, it King Dakar beat it, so I think it's now the second tallest in the world. But still, really freaking tall. Um, and it's pretty much a one trick pony. It's a launch that blasts you up over this massive hill and back down, and uh, you're done. I mean, it was like a 20 second. Right. Um. So. Uh, yeah, they, they had that big accident back in August of 2021. Um, they, they really haven't, uh, uh, I, I, don't, I don't know if they ever uh, fully explained exactly what happened or what the status of the person who no. was injured is. But um, I don't think it's a surprise that it's not going to reopen as it was. I wouldn't be surprised to see they, them use the tower as the basis for a new track and a new ride and hopefully one that does more than just go straight up and down. Right. I mean, cause it's, why do you want to do that? I don't want to go 420 yeah. feet up and just I, go down. I mean, I, I think for its time, the novelty of that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but I, the other thing is uh, I think the launch system that it used was always pretty problematic. Um, 
that uh, you know now we use magnets, uh, linear linear induction motors, uh, and this was an older style of launch system that uh, I I think is probably its time has come. So uh, yeah, if you were a top thrill dragster fan, I I give you my condolences. Yes. Uh, you should head on over to cedarpoint.com. Uh, keep an eye on what they're going to announce for its future. Okay, so that just about brings us to the end of our news in the queue. Uh, but before we get into this week's big, 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 big story, we have to hear a word from our sponsor, MEI Travel. The Attractions Podcast is brought to you by MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Whether your next vacation is a magical trip to the theme parks, an exciting adventure to the pyramids of Egypt, or just a relaxing cruise on the turquoise waters of the Bahamas, MEI Travel provides premium service and expert advice to help you get the most of your vacation. They are always free of any hidden fees or costs to you. Visit them at mei-travel.com. It's time for the main attraction! All right, you knew it had to be. The main attraction is obviously the D23 Expo. There is so much that went on, uh, we could easily spend five hours talking about it. Um, so we're just going to try to focus in specifically on the stuff for the domestic parks. Because, um, you know, there's so much movies and international. And, I mean, we get lost. Um, but before we dig into the details, uh, just give me your overall hot take on... How did you enjoy the weekend? How was the flow? How was it as an experience? You know, Disney is, you know, they're experts in theme parks. What's it like going to a big Disney convention? It is not for the faint of heart. Uh, I said yesterday I could have called the weekend boundless future, endless lines. If you are, if you are patient, uh, it takes a long time even to get into the expo mm -hmm. an hour sometimes and it was so hot there's been a heat wave here in california food lines so 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 long uh and then it's very frustrating because i know you know you pay this much to go there and most people didn't get into panels the mm -hmm. the operations of dealing with the standby queues and reserved were very very confusing no one really knew what was going on i asked you know, even just sometimes I was looking for a stage, no one knew where it was. So it was a little frustrating. Uh, I didn't get to go into any of the merchandise shops because I couldn't get a virtual queue. So that was a little bit of a bummer because I wanted to maybe pick up something. But my strategy was I picked the things that were important to me and I only did them and I didn't bother trying to do other stuff. And that I feel like that's, you have to go in that, that way. You you absolutely have to pick your battles mm -hmm. uh, with these. Now, did you have any kind of media privileges or were you fighting along? For, okay, so yeah, even so with media privileges, it still was was a, a rough experience. Oh yeah, I mean, and you don't get any sort of expedited line to enter okay, yeah. or anything. Okay. So, I mean, we're all going through the same lines. Um, so I basically focused on obviously the parks panel yesterday, mm -hmm. the uh, Society of Explorers and Adventurers panel, Walt's plane, and I believe one other. Right. And those are the ones that I'm like, I'm waiting for. I'm going to these panels. And I think if you have a mindset of I can't do it all and I'm not even mm. going to try, then you'll be okay. Because even like yeah. the big hall, it was the 
I've been to many conventions in my life, you know, from comic cons to Trekkie mm -hmm. conventions and music conventions. Mm -hmm. I have never seen a hall so busy. I think mm -hmm. a timed entry system would benefit them greatly yeah. because I, I really wanted to go to this wonderful world of dreams pavilion. And I tried every day. Finally, I got in yesterday towards the end of the day when okay. I knew people were going home. But if you have any sort of sensory issues, uh, claustrophobia, sure. it is, I cannot explain to you how packed it was in there. It was like you're fighting crowds to walk through. So I tried a couple times to get in there and then I was like, you know what, I'm going to just come back at the end. So I wow. didn't really get to see a lot of the hall because it's just, it's so busy. And again, like I said, it's not for the faint of heart. If you go into it, you just have to mm -hmm. know and prepare yourself mentally before doing it. Well, I, you know, I had some issues with the Destination D23 event that I t attended mm -hmm. last year here in Orlando, but I give it, it credit. There was uh, a seat for every ticket, so I never had to mm -hmm. fight for a panel. I knew that that once I bought my ticket that I would be able to walk in and sit in whatever I wanted without standing in a line, and that made all the difference. Um, so uh, we'll we'll start digging into all the details, but I just want to hear just uh, – you know, from a personal, emotional point of view, what was it like seeing Waltz playing again? Oh, I, that was my highlight, hundred uh, percent my highlight. And it's funny because it like, obviously I've been following it all these years from when it was at MGM. And then even in these recent years, when it was sitting abandoned behind Reedy Creek, like I would right. sometimes drive by and look at it because that's mm -hmm. history. And then I went to obviously see it which was incredible it looks amazing but then i went to the panel which was hosted by someone from archives and then the son of walt's personal pilot yes oh, oh my god it was that was the highlight of my weekend uh, absolutely that amazing uh hearing him tell the stories of how walt would just take his family like the pilot's family to Palm Springs mm. to Cabo on vacation. And he said it was like, once you're in Walt inner circle, he treated even their family members like they were mm. part of it. So this guy had insanely amazing memories. We couldn't record anything, unfortunately, because I wish yeah, I could have, no. you know, even just like an audio recording because it was, I took a lot of notes because I'm like, mm -hmm. I don't want to forget this. It was like, that was Disney magic it, to me. You know, it's, yeah. it is, interesting to me that a lot of these panels the stuff that is purely promotional that is ephemeral and has no real historical value that they will let you record and broadcast and copy the stuff that's actually histor of historical value and i've you know heard disney legends speak that's all the stuff that they won't let you record and i don't know that they make that available in any other way that that kind of stuff shouldn't disappear uh, that that right. should be available for for you know, people Absolutely. to reference in the future. And it's just funny because the panels that I were so excited about and made my weekend like that and the C mm -hmm. panel, they were so easy to get into. But, you know, if you want to go to the Marvel and, you know, my kind of philosophy is I could just open up Twitter and see all the news coming out on the Marvel movies. Mm -hmm. So if it's that doesn't thrill me sitting in a big room, seeing some celebrity hundreds of feet away, right. you know, that's that. I don't know. It's just that that doesn't do it for me. But to be able to hear stories from, you know, people that are involved. Oh, I also went to the Disney 100 exhibit story where nope. everyone from archives and Imagineering there. That was also magical and also mm. very easy to get into. So it it's just, you know, I, I don't care about the, the Marvel announcements that are yep. already flooded in my inbox and news. I want to hear 
the real stories. And I feel like I had a wonderful time because I got to experience all these really personal, intimate, creative, historical that's fantastic. So here's your pro tip. If you go to one of these D23 events, don't go where the crowds are. You know, if right. everyone's lining up to hear a big announcement that is just going to be broadcast on YouTube, go, you know, go where the crowds aren't and you can have some really special experiences. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it's just a lot of people chasing to post it first. And then, you know, like I get that game, but you know what? You could just follow along, watch the live stream for those, but go to the smaller ones. They're in smaller stages, more intimate. It was just, I mean, and that made the experience. That's great advice. So um, as you mentioned, you finally did get into the wonderful world of Dreams Pavilion on the last day. Yes. Uh, and we're going to talk about a couple of the things that you got to see. The big one is the concept model of the uh, renovation of Splash Mountain into Tiana's Bio Adventure. And I think based on the looks of this, that this would be the Walt Disney World version? Um, I think so. I think so. I'm not, I'm not 100% sure. I'm, I'm trying to match it up with the, uh, uh, with the, the model, uh, you know, the layout of the park. But um, it doesn't look quite like uh, the early concept art that we got. Um, it, the big thing is that uh, we don't have Mama Odie's tree with the big boat on top. Uh, but we do have a water tower because um, Disney loves its water towers. Um, yes, they do. <laughs> uh, other than that, you know, it doesn't really look like a radical change from the outside. If you if you were not super familiar with Splash Mountain and you looked like looked at that, you would say that's still Splash Mountain. Right, uh, and I like they they mentioned in the parks panel yesterday, which got me excited finally, is the projection mapping that they will do to make mm -hmm. it look a little different at night. And I love personally projection mapping paired with physical set pieces. So I think this will look cool. Yeah, they they showed off a rendering of mm -hmm. what this is going to be looking like after dark. And it is going to be gorgeous at right. night. Um, absolutely. Uh, they also uh, gave some uh, hints of uh, some new animatronics that they're working on. And they also uh, had the original voice cast uh, come out to say that they will be providing their voices uh, okay. and songs um, for the new ride. Um, so that's kind of fun. Um, that was that's kind of the biggest thing. The other big model that was there was of Mickey's Toontown, uh, which is kind of currently behind construction walls. Um, we got a, a glimpse of the uh, El Capitoon Theater that they're building as the entrance to the uh, runaway railway ride and some concept art of the uh, Mickey Mouse Museum that's going to be inside that queue. Uh, but the, the good news is that Donald's boat has not been destroyed. Uh, no. <laughs> Donald, Donald's boat will be back. And it looks like it's getting some new water features. And Goofy's house is back. Uh, and it's got some new accessible play features. I think it's really yes. cool that they, they've designed uh, the playground so that, uh, you know, kids in wheelchairs or other, you know, uh, alternate abilities can still uh, participate fully. So Absolutely. Cool. That was kind of what caught my attention too. I was like, oh, this is great. I'm so glad we're moving towards that. Mm -hmm. You know, we see that at Peppa Pig, Legoland, you know, you have to make these playgrounds accessible. So this is a much needed change. Yeah. Um, it Alongside the uh, change coming to Splash Mountain, uh, Le Baton Rouge, I believe, is uh, a shop in New Orleans Square in Disneyland that's now closed and is going to become Eudora's Chic Boutique. And uh, from what I hear, it's going to have some Tiana-themed houseware, like kitchen appliance stuff. 
So that's kind of fun. Um, and did you get the chance to look at the statue of Walt Disney yes. uh, for Dreamers Point? It was really cool. And the line was very short for that. So there was only a couple people. I waited, took a few pictures. It's a beautiful statue. I actually love the way they did the mural behind it of Spaceship Earth and Monorail. So the pictures really came out cool. Mm -hmm. But it, it's really nice. Nice. Um, yeah, I think I will like this better in person because the head on pictures <laughs> kind of make uh, him look like a bobblehead. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um, they also showed off some stuff from the international parks, a lot of ride vehicles uh, for these uh, attractions coming to Japan and uh, Shanghai and Hong Kong. Um, I, I thought the uh, Peter Pan ride vehicle that's coming to Disney Springs looks interesting. I'm not entirely sure what kind of ride that's going to be. It, it, it looks like it could be some sort of trackless motion vehicle. I'm not even sure. Yeah, it was hard uh, to tell. I mean, these were such small scale mm -hmm. uh, figures and they were behind glass cases. So you could really only see so much, but it was really cool to see. Yeah, um, I think of, of the international uh, expansions. The thing that caught my eye was that the frozen ride they're building in Japan is not going to use projected faces. Uh, they've gone right. to an animatronic with a, a real physical face. And uh, I think that, <laughs> that Elsa looks so much better. Her hands are just about the same as the one that we right. have in Orlando, but her, her face, I think, looks much better. It, I think because I'm so used to our version, when I saw the video, it scared me. <laughs> <laughs> it's like an Uncanny Valley, right? Right. Um, so that's uh, some of the highlights of the wonders, wonderful world of Dreams Pavilion. Uh, and now let's talk about some of the things that stood out to us uh, in the presentation uh, for the domestic parks. The only big surprise that was announced for the Magic Kingdom. Uh, the only real thing that was announced is definitely 100% mm -hmm. happening in Walt Disney World is the Hatbox Ghost is coming to Magic Kingdom's Haunted Mansion. Yes, this got probably one of the biggest screams <laughs> of the of the panel, uh, but it's exciting. It is such a cool effect if you've ever seen it at Disneyland's version. So finally, you know. Yeah, I'm, I'm uh, much like the hatbox ghost himself i am of two minds on this um one if you haven't seen him this is a character that was uh very 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 briefly in the haunted mansion when it first opened in 1969 and quickly removed because the effect never worked quite right um and it became one of these urban legends like it was taken out because it was too scary it scared people to death well you know, uh, back in 2015, they finally decided to, you know, capitalize on this urban legend, bring back a version of the Hatbox Ghost with new technology. It's stunning. It looks amazing. I, I've been stopped in front of it and sat there and like tried to look exactly how they how they make the disappearing effect work. It's so good. But I'm OK with some things being special to just one park. Uh, the, haunted mansion, mm -hmm. the Haunted Mansion in Walt Disney World already has a lot of things that make it unique. It's got the interactive graveyard. It's got an additional scene uh, before, uh, you know, it's got the library. It's got uh, the, the upside down staircases. It's already got lots of things that make it different from um, the one in California. And I'm okay with California getting something that's unique to it and that you can only see it there. And 
maybe that makes me spoiled because I'm privileged enough to be able to visit both parks. But I think there's something, you know, aspirational when, you know, there's things that, you know, you can only see in a place. And if they keep copying everything everywhere, then, you know, what does that give us to dream about visiting another park? I agree. And that was kind of the overall sentiment with everyone that I spoke with is, you know, let's keep things special. Yeah. Not make it exact copies. Yeah. And especially since the haunted, the, the Hatbox Ghost was an urban legend very specific to the Disneyland Park. Mm -hmm. And it was really tied to the history and culture of that particular haunted mansion. It was never designed to be part of the Orlando Haunted Mansion. Um, so, yay. I mean, it'll, it, it'll bump up wait times at the Haunted Mansion for a few weeks as everyone yes. you know, <laughs> takes a look at it. And then things will be back to normal. So, woo. I just wish we had gotten an exact date or even a month for Tron. Um, we know it's spring. Spring. Uh, spring can be very vague. I mean, that could be almost Memorial Day. Um, and we really, uh, we got some teases that we will talk about later. But really, this is the only thing that we know 100% promised new that we didn't know about already. So... Uh, however, we do have something big new promised to us in Disneyland Resort, and that is finally the third attraction for Avengers Campus. Yes, uh, this was an announcement, but there was like no, you know, we don't know what this is. Is it a Ferris wheel? Is it a roller coaster? <laughs> it, it could be anything. There was no inkling of any sort of tease of what type of ride system we're looking yeah. at so it's cool they announced a third attraction but it was eh, a bummer so what we what we do know is that there is going to be a third attraction uh and and they implied that this is a big one an e-ticket this is not just a, a, a you know flat ride spinner yeah. um that it is their first theme park attraction in the multiverse uh mm -hmm. it is very specifically going to be a mashup of heroes and villains from uh, every when uh, and everywhere. So across timelines, across parallel dimensions. Um, and uh, that we are going to be helping the Avengers fight against King Thanos, which is a new variant of Thanos that we have not seen before, a Thanos that won the Infinity War. Um, yes. That's all we know for 100%. Uh, we got a super vague very confusing piece of artwork <laughs> yeah so there's you know characters we're familiar with some unfamiliar faces this whole thing was just very felt so like hypothetical but i guess that was yeah. kind of like the entire presentation was yes yeah. so uh so the the concept art that we got it shows king thanos who looks like uh thanos crossed a little bit with loki maybe i don't mm -hmm. know and he's in the middle and he's looking all uh annoyed and he is surrounded on all sides by different Marvel characters. And we've got different versions of Spider-Man. Uh, it looks like we've got a, a animated Spider-Man, an MCU Spider-Man, maybe a video game Spider-Man in there. I see Captain Carter. I see Miss Marvel. I see She-Hulk. Um, and the art style makes it look like it could be a blend of you know, photorealistic and CGI and hand animated. Um, and then right in the middle at the bottom, we've got our guests, uh, and they in, are in a vehicle. We can see it's a four, four seats across, and we can see three rows deep. Um, 
And we don't know if this is maybe the first car in a train or an individual ride vehicle, but it looks an awful lot like uh, the scoop from uh, from Spider-Man or Transformers to me, um, or maybe a little bit like um, a Ratatouille uh, ride vehicle with a, a different configuration. Um, so I, you know, seeing all these characters. I'm guessing that they are not going to all be animatronics. Uh, my guess no. is we're talking going to be a lot of screens in this ride. Um, I can't, I can't tell if these are uh, folks are wearing 3D glasses because the picture is so blurry. But I think that the trend is moving away from 3D glasses. Uh, we've already got. Oh a boy, I hope so. <laughs> I mean, they've already got a spider. The web web splingers is already a 3D ride. Right. Um, I I'm guessing that they probably won't build another 3D ride. Um, but I don't know that they have the room to build a huge roller coaster. Um, right. So I'm thinking it's going to be more of a thrilling dark ride with screens uh, than a big high-speed roller coaster. That's just my gut. I'll hold my breath because we'll, <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> I don't know. It's hard to get excited when it's so not a lot of information. And uh, the other the other part of this announcement, they did uh, show a concept art of the overall layout of the land. And I, I laid this very carefully against what is exactly there right now. And the only difference I can see is that there's a purple glow behind where the Quinjet is. Yes. Uh, that's where we always thought the entrance to this e-ticket would be. And now it will glow purple behind it. So that's I guess that's what the ride building looked like. Um, the last, uh, the last little Marvel announcement we got for Avengers Campus is that you are going to be able to see Hulk in his quantum suit starting next week, uh, but only for a limited time. Yes, um, they really drove that home. So I, I'm like, yeah. how limited is limited? I don't know. But well, you know, they have teased this uh, suit before. It is basically a person inside on stilts and with arm extensions that they can manipulate the fingers. Um, it's it's really, I, I mean, it's a refined version of something that people have done for many many years, um, and it, you know, they they've teased this in Imagineering specials and stuff over the years it's kind of interesting that they would bring this out just for a limited time and then put it back in the closet you know i'm getting oh, vibes right. of like the Fantasyland dragon or mm -hmm. you know uh muppet mobile labs or something one of these things that gets a buzz and then goes away uh um something that hopefully will not go away though is the mandalorian uh jinjarn and uh grogu the child are going to be appearing in the parks uh, only in Disneyland for now, starting in mid-November, so just in time for Thanksgiving. Uh, and I am so super excited to see this, but I don't know if you remember at Comic-Con, they were showing off an animatronic Grogu for sale that was absolutely stunning, you know, exactly as good as the TV. I think that was thing that they were selling at comic-con looked better than this thing that Imagineering put together <laughs> yeah it was kind of bizarre i mean obviously seeing the mandalorian that was really cool but a uh, grogu i was eh about i, His, guess we'll have I to mean see him in person. i i yeah i have to see him in, in person but i i the the quality of the skin uh, especially around the eyes um it just it it looked like an animatronic and as opposed to the one in the show and the one that they showed off at at uh at comic-con which just it looked exactly like the show mm -hmm. um so uh 
there is Marvel stuff coming. Uh, uh, they obviously did not announce any sort of date for this new Marvel attraction. So don't hold your breath. Um, and, you know, Daryl, I'm sorry. Uh, I just saw in the comments, Daryl said something that I thought myself. Uh, Hulk's arms look really odd. And the way he holds himself out uh, like this. Um, yeah, I, I'm, I'm hoping that a little more work, uh, a little more time practicing in the suit and maybe they can get the yeah. movement a little more natural um something else coming to disney california adventure it's it you know i think disney california adventure got more confirmed new things than all of walt disney world at d23 uh and this was the only thing of the entire entire expo that was a complete surprise to me i had no inkling that they were going to turn pacific wharf uh, into San Francisco. Yeah, I, I think I gasped when they announced this because they were doing kind of a rapid fire announcement of a few things, if anyone watched. Mm -hmm. And this was touched upon so quickly that I couldn't even process it. And they were on to the next thing. Yeah, it was very uh, this, this was definitely a blink and you miss an announcement. Uh, <laughs> in case you were uh, watching that and saying, what the heck is Pacific Wharf? Um, it is the only land i know of in a theme park whose only attraction is a sourdough bread making tour <laughs> but it's delicious it is wonderful and delicious and i really hope that that doesn't go away i would very much expect that that is going to become home, the home of the baymax meet and greet that is going to be the only attraction they mentioned being added to this uh we do see some decoration shaped like uh the sand, the uh, Golden Gate Bridge meets uh, Japanese Tori Gate, uh, put on the bridge that goes to Pacific Wharf, and then we see a bunch of uh, um, Asian-style lanterns hung on mm -hmm. the existing Pacific Wharf building. This is this looks to me like it is going to be a fairly simple overlay. Right. Um, I bet we are going to probably lose the really good Mexican food that they serve there. Yes. Um, uh, I don't know though. People are going to flip if they lose their barilla tacos. Those, those are very those are popular. excellent. I well, hopefully they maybe they can move those over to Paradise Gardens because uh, they've been putting a lot of yeah. their uh, um, Hispanic stuff over there. But uh, hopefully we will get maybe some decent theme park sushi or ramen or something. Who knows? Uh, I I I bet we're going to get some restaurants. That's yes, that's, that's what exciting. I can. Yeah, we, we know we're going to have a place to be Baymax, we're going to have shopping, and we're going to have food. Uh, but uh, yeah, you're not going to get a new ride out of this. Um, no. uh, basically because the Baymax ride uh, that they have in Japan is Mater's. Exactly. So you're not going to make another one of those. Um, but that is the one thing that it dropped, and I was like, oh, I did not see that one coming. No. All right, so we are moving away from California and touching briefly on the Disney Cruise Line, which is going to name their newest ship the Treasure when it is completed in 2024. Yeah, this is exciting. They uh, announced that its theme will be exploration, which is mm -hmm. obviously fitting for Walt Disney because he loved to travel. And they also shared some photos of the Grand Hall, which their statue will feature Aladdin, Jasmine mm -hmm. and the magic carpet. So that's perfect. And and kudos for them when they did this for shouting out that the, it was a statue of three characters. You know, mm -hmm. the carpet is a character. He is not just a right. piece of furnish, furnishing, you know. 
<laughs> but uh, yeah, so uh, this is under construction now in Germany. Um, and uh, they gave us, uh, you know, little teases. Uh, it's going to, it's the same Triton class as uh, the Wish, the other newest ship. Uh, so it's a big one, 135,000 tons and 1,250 staterooms. Um, the statue looked great. It did, yeah. And I was also excited when they, they sort of teased some of the characters that will be featured. Uh, and that included uh, Miguel from Coco and also the hitchhiking ghosts from Haunted Mansion. So I'm wondering if there will some, be some sort of Haunted Mansion-themed space or experience oh, or a, a bar. Lounge. Yes. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> That would be absolutely amazing. Uh, I will say um, it does look like they are sticking to the blueprint of uh, the Wish, uh, mm -hmm. the layout of the atrium, as we can see. Uh, it's got a Moroccan revival theme, uh, but it is still the same, um, you know, uh, layout with the staircase. And, you know, I, I encourage anyone who is in interested in good solid constructive criticism of the disney cruise line bright suns films uh put out a really great in-depth review of how there's a lot of design decisions on the wish that just don't make good operational sense things like uh the building this atrium around a stage that is not very well used mm -hmm. and separating the adult spaces out in different places in the the boat instead of having them all in a single district um so i i'm really curious if if disney is still open to you know considering some of those criticisms and making improvements on this next ship or if it's basically going to be the same as the wish with different characters right yeah so we will find out when that launches in 2025 uh, but before that happens, uh, the Disney Wonder is going to be going to Australia and New Zealand for the first time late next year. So if you're in that part of that, the world, uh, congratulations, you finally get to experience yes. a Disney cruise. <laughs> yeah, I would. Can you imagine the repositioning that they're going to do from Southern California, I guess, that will go to Fiji and Samoa? I like, would want to go. I on would that. die to be on that repositioning. Yes. Uh, so, um, yeah, Disney Treasure, uh, keep, uh, keep a look out when that finishes up in 2024. All right, now we are going to move away from things that are actually happening and to things that we were just teased with, uh, like, I don't know, dangling a fish over a uh, pool of piranhas just to see if we would snap at them. Uh, right. This was a uh, brainstorming out loud. Oh my goodness. This is <laughs> this is not even like a blue sky session because this is beyond the sky way out in the stars. Um uh yeah, so everything that we talk about for the rest of this is stuff that they kind of I feel like they got to a certain point where they had nothing solid that they could announce that could counter a universal building epic universe and mm -hmm. opening it by early 2025. Um, and so instead of giving any, giving a solid red meat to chew on, they just puffed a lot of smoke. Um, yes. So... It was, it was the delivery of it. That was yeah. kind of annoying. Uh, yeah. very long drawn out sentences. You could tell they were just talking totally hypothetically, but just the mm -hmm. wording was a little bit of, you know, it's like word salad with yeah. everything that was going on. So normally what Disney does is they invite regular people 
uh, to come in, usually to a conference room. They give them coffee and pastries, and uh, they even pay them for their time uh, to look at concepts and then give their reactions. Well, all the folks at D23 got to do this and got to pay to do this <laughs> and also got to pay and wait in a really long line in order to do it. Right. Um, so we got teased with some ideas of things that may or may not possibly someday come to specifically Walt Disney World. Uh, and the first one is the remaking of Dino Land into a new land featuring Moana and Zootopia. Um, yes and they showed this art and it I, I don't even know what i'm looking at which is a problem uh it looks like a total like we're plowing down dinoland and building mm -hmm. something brand new now okay so uh yes this concept uh, as uh, all the concept art they gave us is covered in mist and fog and trees <laughs> and you can't even tell which direction you're facing when you're looking at it um, I've yeah. I've seen a couple different interpretations of what it means. I think I'm coming around to think that the most likely exp explanation is on the left side of this image, we have some sort of log flume ride or boat ride themed to Moana. And that mm -hmm. appears to be taking up the space where, um, where uh, the horrible spinning roller coaster ride, Primeval, Primeval World, World. <laughs> exists. Plus, looks like some additional backstage space behind that. Um, then we have a Moana-themed spinner ride, which could be a reskin of Triceratops Spin. Uh, so if that is where Triceratops Spin currently is, and that is where the primeval world was, then way back in the distance, uh, we see a Zootopia attraction where Dinosaur currently is. Oh, that kills uh, me. Dinosaur is my favorite ride, so whatever. Now, oh. now I will I will say, as a diehard Indiana Jones adventure fan, I have always been meh on Dinosaur. I always I always feel like it was a second rate version of Indy. Uh, but uh, you know what they would do? Would they reskin it uh, yet again? Because uh, it's been countdown to extinction, countdown. and then it was mm -hmm. Dinosaur and. Would they really just stick some cute animals inside and, and call Probably. it a Zootopia ride? <laughs> Boy, I hope not, especially since they've teased us with this Shanghai Zootopia ride that uh, looks, you know, it's definitely be an e-ticket uh, with, with actual animatronics and stuff. So um, the one person who they obviously did not uh, ask for their opinion on is Joe Road. No. <laughs> uh, he was there at d23 i did see uh pictures of him there um but you know he has fought vigorously on social media and i'm sure behind the scenes at disney insisting that talking animals do not belong in animal kingdom that animals with pants do not belong in his theme park uh and i you know i don't know if you even caught this but just before they started the parks panel there was a little um chat with uh, ashley Eckstein and um mark uh daniels and mm -hmm. a couple of other of the hosts were there and they were talking about their uh best ever uh disney experience and both of them uh, two of them talked about going through uh animal kingdom with joe Rody and having him 
talk to him about the, the thematic integrity of the park. One of them specifically talking about going through Dino Land and the whole backstory of the grad students versus the professors and how that, you know, the intellectual story, the emotional story is all woven in and, and you can't just slap an IP on that. And then they turn around and they gut it and slap an IP on it. Right. And I mean, that's probably why I was upset. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, you know, I'm sure they have the numbers saying that that per capita, Dinoland does not make as much money per square foot as it should compared to the rest of the park. Um, and maybe they're just kind of like, you know what? Universal's got Jurassic Park. They've won the dinosaur war. We're just going to hand it over to them. Um, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't say you have to run out and ride dinosaur for your last time tomorrow because no, 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 this no, no, is, no. this is not shutting down anytime soon. Um, yeah. uh, I, yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. As of everything, this, I'm taking this with a grain of salt about this big. Uh, size of a house. <laughs> yeah. And speaking of grain of salt, we get to the biggest load of salt in the entire <laughs> presentation. Beyond Thunder Mountain. Yeah. Uh, These were not announcements. These were very, very, very hypothetical ideas, what ifs. Maybe, which is important to say because so many people were putting it out there like this was confirmed. It is not confirmed. These are potential land ideas. You know, I, I always like to say when you can judge the firmness of a project by the blurriness of its concept art. Um, <laughs> you know, when they show, throw out one of these renderings that looks like photorealistic and it's got like you know, uh, you know, real people standing in there looking, enjoying it. And you see everything's perfectly to scale. That's probably pretty close to what it's going to look like. When right. you get one of these things that looks like Sam McKinn did it with one eye closed, uh, you know, where it's, you know, all vague and misty and looks like it was made with watercolor that, that was then left out to smear in the rain. <laughs> this yes. is really, really early concept art, folks. Um, but the idea that we get is that there will be an expansion past Big Thunder Mountain in the Magic Kingdom, a new land that somehow incorporates Coco and Encanto, um, because I guess they both speak Spanish. Right. Um, and then beyond that, a very foggy Disney villains area. Yes. Uh, it was bizarre. I mean, I couldn't tell if they were like these all three would exist or one would. I mean, I don't I just don't see how all three of these would work there. Uh, I think the villain thing would be really cool. I mean, <laughs> but we've been talking about Beastly Kingdom for how long? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I mean, the problem with Beastly Kingdom, and in, in case you don't know what that is, uh, where Pandora currently is, was originally supposed to be a very elaborate land of mythological beasts with dragons and unicorns. Um, and uh, it was scrapped uh, before Animal Kingdom was completed. That became Camp Mini Mickey with the Lion King show for a long time. And... Basically, a lot of the people uh, who worked on Beastly Kingdom took their ideas and moved over to Universal. 
and uh, the original Lost Continent, where the Wizarding World of Harry Potter is now, uh, had a lot of stuff in common with Beastly Kingdom. Um, mm -hmm. So the idea of Beastly Kingdom coming back now uh, is, I would say, remote. <laughs> right. <laughs> but, um, you know, if you are, uh, if you have listened to Jim Hill's podcasts anytime in the last 20 years, you have probably heard him talking about Night Kingdom or the villain's land. Um, you know, there have been plans for a bald mountain flume ride or a villain's roller coaster or a whole theme park even based around uh, Disney bad guys for probably decades. And I really, I, I was starting to have this surreal out-of-body experience where I thought that Josh DeMar was just up there on stage listing off things that he heard on a podcast with, with right. Jim Hill and Len Tessa, <laughs> you know, of like surveys and random ideas. Let's just throw it out there and see what makes people scream the loudest. Um, so I'm, you know, I'm sure we would all love to see an Encanto attraction. Uh, Jennifer Lee was up there and, and she made it sound like there would be an experience that would be both a walkthrough and an interactive where you would meet the characters, but also get to see all the different rooms of Mirabelle's house. Which sounds incredible. Um, I don't know how all that works unless it's like a mystic manor, uh, trackless dark ride kind of thing. Um, but all of this, I mean, even Josh tomorrow said, this is not planned anytime. No. Soon. So this is basically just to tease fans, to get them excited, to get them talking about stuff without actually having to spend money on building it yet. Right, and I mean, yes, these are very popular movies. Was any of this shocking? Yes, you could be working on Encanto. You yeah. could be working on Coco. These are huge, huge, huge films. Uh, so, I don't know. I, you know, we we like to talk about the positive side. Before, before we wrap this up, uh, let's, um, I did, you know, hear some people asking, what do they mean beyond Thunder Mountain? Uh, and I even saw one quote unquote news site flat out state that this was probably going to replace the rivers of America. Um, just so you know, years ago, there was a very vague blue sky plan to replace the rivers of America in, uh, in California and, uh, a plan actually to do it in Japan was actually seriously looked at. I do not feel it could actually be done in Orlando, even if they wanted to, because the uh, black water system that, or the dark water system that connects the rivers of America with jungle cruise and all of that, um, you've got filtration system uh, and canals that are needed for accessing the rest of the resort's waterways. I don't think this is going to go away anytime soon. No. Um, but if you were to zoom in, if you will see just to the north and west of Big Thunder Mountain, you've got a big plot of land here that if you were to build a path through uh, the trees to the west of Big Thunder Mountain, uh, just to the west of the uh, train, uh, you'd have to build a little tunnel and a bridge past the berm. But you've got a huge amount of open space that is accessible here. Uh, if you zoom out a little, you can see, uh, you know, compare comparatively, that's like all of Splash Mountain, Big Thunder Mountain, and Pirates of the Caribbean fit together. 
could almost fit. Right. I, that's, that's a huge space. And it's, you know, it's just kind of nothing over there before you yep. get into residential areas, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And keep in mind, Magic Kingdom, you know, Magic Kingdom over the last 20 years uh, has essentially kept their hourly ride capacity. You know, the number of people who can go on all the rides together total almost the same since the opening of splash mountain you know they lost a bunch when they closed uh 20,000 leagues and they got about the same amount back mm -hmm. by adding new fantasy land um but uh there's still so much space i mean there right there's some backstage stuff that would have to move but you could build almost another half of the magic kingdom and they need to, you know, they've doubled the number of people who come there every year, but they haven't increased exactly. the number of things there are for them to do. Um, and if I was them, you know, I would not be vaguely teasing that we might build this someday. I would be saying 2025, new land, 2027, <laughs> another new land. Uh, you know, keep keep on building because Universal's not stopping. That is for sure. Right. That's a good little way to tie it up with a bow. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, um, you know, there there was a lot of fun stuff. I watched on my couch. I enjoyed watching the presentations. But I, I also feel like it's kind of a frustrating time for Disney fans uh, being asked to pay more and more, um, being asked to jump through more and more hoops. And, you know, seeing seeing the competition is not is not sleeping. You know, they're 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 coming at it. So I guess right. I guess if you are only a Disney fan. That's bad news. If you are a fan of theme parks and themed entertainment in general, it's great news because it means that uh, everyone is fighting for your dollars. And, you know, go go with the company that makes you feel most appreciative, uh, <laughs> most appreciated. Yes. Um, so, you know, sp spread the love around. If you, <laughs> if you have been putting all of your money only into Disney, um, maybe uh, 2024, 2025 is the year to to spread it around a little. Uh, yes, and Nintendo World is like rocking and rolling, looking yes. good. I checked it all out the other oh, day. Oh yeah, it, it, it's, it's just teasing us. Oh. It looks like it's almost ready. I know. Yeah, uh, but that's gonna that's happening early 2023, and that is happening because it looks so good. Yeah. So well, um, obviously we had a ton to talk about, and I really appreciate all of you who stuck through with us because we went almost 15 minutes past our usual time. But hey, uh, you know, D23 only comes around once a year. So that's true. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, before I go, uh, I just want to thank once again our sponsor, MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Um, and once again, I want to please remind you to go and give us a review on Apple Podcasts, leave us a rating on Spotify. And please follow us and all of our coverage on social media and the interwebs. Uh, you can find me at the UG series on Twitter, at the unofficial guides on Instagram, and at the unofficial guides.com, where my uh, unofficial guide to Disneyland 2023 finally came out. Uh, so you can Yay. pick up a copy right now. Carly, uh, where are you online? Uh, I am on Twitter at Carly Caramana and Adventures by Carly on Instagram. And, of course, you can find the whole Attractions Magazine team at attractionsmagazine.com, at Attractions on Twitter, at Attractions Magazine on Instagram, at youtube.com slash attractionsmagazine, and on TikTok at Attractions. 
And until next week, I just hope that you folks all stay safe, try something new, but most importantly, have fun, and we will see you all again next time. Bye.